Hello everyone, my name is Monica Gleberman, and you're listening to Silence On Set Podcast. Today, we spoke to the cast of Flowers in the Attic, The Origin, which is a limited series showing on Lifetime. First up was Jemima Roper and Hannah Dodd talking about their characters and what fans can expect. So hi guys, I'm so excited to talk with you guys. Yay, so, I'm excited to talk to you. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So I will tell you right off the bat, Hannah, you're a mystery to me, so I have questions for you. Okay. But <laughs> I did literally go, do you guys have the other parts? Cause like it finished and I was like, <gasps> I was like, I need to know what else. So they did send them to me, so I'm so excited. So I'm, I'm gonna watch the whole thing. That's how good it was. I mean, it's oh. so good. Oh, that's I'm fantastic so to know. I'm so glad you think that. So I'm gonna start off with you, Jemima, and I kind of ask you how you got involved with the project, obviously. And then the second part of the question, obviously the story has been told, people know like Flowers in the Attic. There's been a couple other iterations of it, all super popular. I mean, like huge fans of this kind of storytelling. Why yeah. is it so important to tell the beginning story of Olivia? Um, okay, well, first, firstly, um, I got involved with the project. I think it was sort of the second lockdown that we had in London and I just had a baby. Hannah's gonna laugh because this Jemima was a catchphrase on the series. <laughs> it's constantly like, Jemima's got a baby. <laughs> to be kind to her, Jemima's got a baby. I was trying to get my sort of five, six week old baby asleep and I had him in the sling and um, and my agent sent me through the scripts and it's kind of really unusual these days to be sent all four scripts. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, you know, you barely even get a scene and, uh, and, and I just started reading it on my phone. And I think I first of all Googled, cause I was, I've heard of Flowers in the Attic and I Googled it and read the Wikipedia breakdown and just went, this story is horrific. <laughs> Oh my God, I was reading it going, my goodness, why does anyone want to read this stuff? And then I started reading the scripts and um, and the scripts were amazing. And, and they, they, they are a page turner as I then found out when I read Flowers in the Attic and before starting the project. And I was like, wow. And I was like, it somehow isn't as <laughs> awful as you think it's going to be, <laughs> despite some of the subject matter. And, and I just loved it. And it was so interesting to me. It's so interesting as an actor to um, have a character that is so well known, is kind of notorious. You have an assumption about this woman. And I was like, how do you explain someone, how someone can do these sorts of things and how someone gets to that point? And that is such an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. And um, our series is, is, is loosely based or is a reimagining of um, Garden of Shadows, which Andrew Niederman um, ghost wrote. Um, after VC Andrew's death. And um, it, it's just so, I just think it's fascinating to kind of start. And as well, she doesn't even start how, as a character, how you might assume she starts. Um, I think she's a, a woman that many of us would aspire to be like today, let alone in 1918. And yet over the decades and through her marriage and Foxworth Hall and all that darkness, how she is sort of twisted and turned into this person that we then meet in um, Flowers in the Attic, the novel. Um, that was Well, that was one of my favorite things because when it starts off, I know everything like from the books. So right away, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to like her. Like when it starts, 
But when I, when we meet her, I'm like, oh my gosh, like that could have been me. Like I could have been like, I want to fight for, I want to work with my dad and I want to like, why does a man have to do it? And she's doing all these things and fighting for women. And she's so strong. And you're like, how did that turn into that? Like what happened? And, and then you start slowly telling the story. So that's what makes it so interesting. And I think it was such a smart idea to start in that time period. I mean, she's so relatable, which is like, something I don't think anybody would have said. No, um, absolutely. And that's the sort of thing that disconcerts you right from the beginning. And um, I, there's also, I think I sort of felt like the, the, the novel, certainly from the novel and in the TV adaptations of Flowers in the Attic, it's very much from Kathy's point of view. Mm-hmm. And it's very much through her eyes. And that's a really interesting point, I think, is that our perceptions of those things, because I was suddenly like, actually, this woman that Kathy is seeing. And, you know, there are maybe little bit differences in our series, like we sort of catch up with the beginning of the novel by the end of the um, our series. But that the woman that Kathy sees isn't all the whole woman, of course, it's you know, 30% of who Olivia really is. And hopefully our series, you get to see all the other stuff. That's what I love because a lot of times, you know, we're not just like one woman, right? Like we're not, there's so many different aspects to us. So I love when they kind of break off and tell multiple stories because, you know, there's so much to everybody that we just don't know. Absolutely. Speaking of not knowing. Yes. (laughs) Hannah, for Corinne, you know, we don't see her in the first part, obviously. (laughs) So what can fans expect? I'm nervous because you are, you know, in the Foxworth family, which makes me a little nervous from what we've seen (laughs) or what people might see or know about the Foxworths. So what can you tell me, first of all, how you got involved um, into the project? And then what is Crin all about? Like, what can you, like, what can you tell me? you know, like about your character? Um, okay, well, you are rightly nervous. Um, <laughs> it's probably- She has a lovely thing. childhood. Oh, She's brought up very gorgeous. well by her wonderful mother. She is, <laughs> it's a gorgeous story. So yeah, I got involved, same, it was the pandemic. I got sent these scripts and really enjoyed them. And I think for me, like one of my favorite things about being an actor, I always say it's like working out why people are the way they are and why they do the things they do and this is that in a project like that it was written for us we didn't have to go and investigate that it was there in the page so I just couldn't stop turning the pages really and wasn't super familiar with flowers in the attic but then every woman that I spoke to I spoke to my mom my aunties everybody's got this story about how they read the books whether it was like in a in secret or in the girls toilets at school and everything and I just loved I loved that what can I say about Corinne Solidsworth? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's her story, you know, it's the origin story. So it's, we see her up to the point of Flowers in the Attic. So I think people will probably be quite surprised by the character. She's, again, not the person that you know in the Flowers in the Attic story. And yeah, you just got get to see kind of the things that happen to her that make up the person that she is later on which are all spoilers so we actually yeah. can't possibly tell you yeah <laughs> I looked at her, I was like stop <laughs> there <laughs> I guess the issue she was like I'm going to talk very no, so anything. <laughs> no, it's hard with your it's it's hard with um Hannah's storyline because there's there there are a lot of juicy moments everything but... is a spoiler um See, and that's what I was gonna say I was gonna ask if your character so like if Olivia I'm assuming and Corinne come face to face at some point 
I'm going to take a guess. It's probably not well. Like things probably don't go well right off the bat, but are there scenes between, and I mean, maybe it starts well, I, like, I don't, I don't know. No, <laughs> they're hugging. They're like, lovely scenes. Yeah, actually, I mean, oh God, this is all, I mean, even this is a spoiler. Um, I guess we meet, uh, Corinne comes into episode two and I think there's, there's a time jump and um, she's, uh, I think we started your 16th birthday. 16th isn't it? birthday. So 16th birthday. So it's, yeah, this little kind of, life moment and I think the thing that's uh, I I love about Olivia in in our show is that it's all about it becomes all about her children and mm. she pours everything into her children and they uh, you know they build her up but they also tear her down and um and her relationship with Corinne and you know it's a mother-daughter um is complicated but it's actually really full of love isn't it yeah I think um, it's been captured quite well you know there's highs and lows but yeah they're actually and actually their their journeys are similar in mm. a way so um uh, there's a lot of parallels between them so the yeah the things that move them forwards are the things that also Bond create them. the yeah yeah okay that's a good way of saying without giving you <laughs> swirly your way is a lot of what kind of Olivia goes through relatable to Corinne in a way? Because she comes in and I mean, you could not be more different from like your character from Malcolm. So is that something that maybe, you know, gets touched upon on how different they are as parents? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, oh. there's definitely, I think the middle, the middle episodes kind of deal a lot, like they're really shared with the, kids I think Malcolm and Olivia are a, a little bit older um the kids are sort of on the cusp of growing up mm -hmm. basically on the cusp of adulthood and there's all the kind of family struggles and issues that I think are really relatable um you know even for us today there's lots of things that are recognizable um but you've got sort of Malcolm is still this kind of uh very domineering patriarch basically and 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 olivia is constantly sort of fighting to kind of soften that and make sure that things that. are okay for her her kids but i think like corinne interestingly has a different relationship to malcolm than her brothers i would yes. say you know like she's <gasps> sort of um i don't want to spoil anything but has learned the art of manipulation in a way and also has just a very different relationship with him in general so that's interesting that the boys sort of really really lean on their mother whereas Corinne leans on whoever will take her <laughs> um it's just funny I'm like blurring all the the book and your show together but no it's interesting because yes obviously Olivia has the children over time with them with the children kind of leaning on different characters I find that very interesting because we're gonna see obviously a lot of male perspective but also what's nice is a lot of female perspective even if you guys aren't on the same page per se for like certain things that come up throughout the show so mm -hmm. is that important for both of you as actors when you read something where you are reading about strong women regardless of what they're being put under to take that role or or is that something that like sparks your brain to go mm, maybe I'm interested in this as you start reading it and then does that bleed into you as you know acting it out oh absolutely I mean for me personally I feel like getting a bit older 
there are fewer roles for women there just are and there's and so to to read this thing with this rich character that you get to see go from like you know age 30 to mid 60s is so unusual that uh, and so exciting and um and, and and i would say the whole thing has a has a female skew mm-hmm. um more than i think you're with the female characters more than the men in yeah. a way um and they the sort of probably the, the the easiest and the the most fleshed out and it's definitely from more of our yeah our gays than than the lads and they're not these like perfect women no. at all none of them exactly they're all multifaceted. <laughs> they're all extremely flawed they're all different they all have different layers and I think a lot of the experiences some of the major kind of plot points are very female at their core as well yeah if that makes any sense um so yeah it's definitely told from a more female perspective see I love that because a lot of the previous stuff wasn't I'm like you did you know there were points of view but a lot of it was very kind of male dominated and you know this is happening because of this guy but it's more this one I do feel like leans a little more on on the women and we're following a little more of that kind of storyline which is so nice to see um, because we don't get to see it that much. You know, what are you looking forward to for fans to see it? Obviously, like I said, anything that touches flowers in the attic does super well. And even me, I'm like blending stuff together in my brain because there's so many stories. So, but it's so good. I mean, like I literally finished the first one and for anyone like listening to the podcast, I literally emailed two seconds later. It was like, do you have part two? I need to watch the rest. I mean, oh my God. Um, what are you excited for fans to see? And like, you know, just what do you want to just tell everyone that they, for the people that don't get to talk to you, like I do. I'm so, I'm so excited uh, because the these characters are, I mean, if it's the right way to say that they are so loved, <laughs> um, <laughs> cherished in people's hearts. But um, I I think, you know, these, these characters that have sat with people, lived inside people's heads for such a long time and sparked such feelings from them, whether it's hatred or anger or disgust or whatever, um, and getting to kind of pull that apart and hopefully give them some new feelings with those characters. But also I think, and I hope uh, when you see it, you'll agree, the, the, the series kind of shifts and there's different tones throughout. It starts, I mean, episode three that, I mean, it gets really funny sometimes. Yeah. I think there's there's so much story and there's so much interesting stuff. There's some brilliant characters um, meeting the rest of Olivia's children. There's the whole um, relationship she has with Nella, who's her, her maid and then housekeeper. And it's a really important female friendship mm-hmm. in the entire series. Um, it's just full of, of a lot of stuff and hopefully we'll give fans like everything they want and more yeah it's definitely been like updated as well it's a slightly more modern gaze on an old story and I'm excited for people just to understand these characters a bit better like they have genuinely been through I think people will be surprised and maybe it will spark a little bit of empathy for the characters that they have hated for so long I don't know maybe (laughs) but I'm really excited about the easter eggs there's so many little easter eggs in there for like real hardcore fans of the books and the films so keep an eye out for those bits because that's that's always fun well I want to thank you guys so much I'm 
I'm so excited. And literally the second we're done doing interviews, I'm literally watching the, the other three <laughs> Oh, thank, thank you, you, Monica. Thank you. Next up is Tashawn Williams and Alana Bowden. So I guess I'll start with both of you and just ask, how did both of you get involved in the project? For me, it was just, it was actually quite, it was quite quick, actually. Um, I think I I had I had a self tape as us actors do, and then I had a meeting, yeah, and I just had a chat about what I thought, what I could see Nella being because she's she's not in any of the previous stories or um, God of the Shadows or anything like that. So she's completely brand new. So I was able to have a chat about what I envisioned for that character, and yeah, and then I found out that I'd be going to film it in Romania in literally a couple of weeks after after I got the call so it was really quite lovely <laughs> it was nice especially because we was in lockdown as well at the time so it was just it was actually a bit of a silver lining of good news that I think I needed at the time and I think so it was really nice yeah, yeah. and yeah I mean I'd um I'd worked with uh, Lifetime uh, before on uh, I am Elizabeth Smart so um I had a call from my agent and they asked if I wanted to um, sort of see the script and and actually I think I'd, I'd been sent the script and I and I read through it and um, yeah it kind of went from there really um, so yeah I feel really lucky to be involved because it was just amazing mm-hmm. it's, it's been so much fun. I want to start uh, Sean your character I mean Nell like she's such Nella is such an important character you can tell even in the first episode mm-hmm. I feel like she's sympathetic I feel like she's almost like a lifeline mm-hmm. and she's someone, you know, we're like you had kind of said before, we're in a time period of the story that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. So to kind of see how this really strong, powerful woman turned into what happened years, I mean, decades later, is hard to digest, right? So you assume when you're going to watch it, you're not going to like Olivia, you know, Olivia, and you're not going to like all the things that you're seeing, mm-hmm. but when you meet her, you feel bad for her. And, and like the, all the stuff that she's going through. And it feels like Nella is someone that she can possibly rely on as the as the show continues. So can you tell me about the character and why it's so important? Yeah, I think she really does empathize with her. And when as soon as she kind of enters Foxworth Hall, I think Nella's been quite clued up on what goes on in that house and, um, and how Malcolm is and can be. And, um, and I think she's immediately and instantly concerned and um yeah she has a deep concern for Olivia and I think almost wants to look out for her but also which is quite interesting about their dynamic in their friendship has to um remember her place because you've got to remember the time we're in so you know she so it's quite an interesting relationship that develops over time and especially in the first episode you know there's little moments where she you know tries to reach out and eventually it does it does play out and then she is able to um open up and they are able to open up to each other and they find out that they actually have quite a few commonalities and yeah their relationship was one that I really enjoyed exploring with Jemima and really really like nitpicking it and studying the script and what it meant for those two ladies in that time and they shared a lot of moments together especially in you know because it spans over such a long period of time um with the women's rights and stuff they shared that moment together and their their children 
well I'm trying not to say too much <laughs> um, <laughs> and things you know with their family things that go on with their family that connect them as well they went they went through quite a few things together that um really solidified their bond but then again have, have to say again that boss employee dynamic really altered their friendship being able to be something that I guess lasted and was yeah something that was quite constant so that was a shame but yeah yeah like she can't be a hundred percent in because you know Malcolm is her boss so exactly. she has to deal and also the time period exactly like yeah. you know with the her role and like what's going on hmm. I was curious too like Fornella did you come up with a backstory at all because I was wondering I'm like this woman seems so nice how did she end up with Malcolm and then stay? And mm-hmm. then, then I thought maybe she stayed because Olivia does come in and, you know, there is a span of time, you know, 30 years or whatever that they ended up kind of being together. But to be there to begin with, I didn't know if you came up with a backstory or something to explain why this nice woman stayed with him. Absolutely time period, a financial thing of there not being many um, opportunities for work. Um, of substantial finances in that time for people for people of color to have and also her family she has also put she's put um, Celia in school and she's given her that chance and broken that generational curse where Nella wasn't educated whereas she was able to put her daughter into school because she had that job and was able to sustain for her family and that was a big part of why she stayed and then Alana We have Alicia that comes in, who's obviously like right off the bat, you're like, mm, she's a Foxworth. So should we trust anything she says? Should, like, what do we think? So yeah. I wanted to ask you, like, when you're reading the script, you, you know, maybe like you looked into some of the history, you knew Flowers in the Attic, you know, whatever background, like work that you did. When you read that you're playing a Foxworth, what is like your first initial thing? And then how did you take on this character? Yeah, there's, there's so much going on with her. I think... Yeah, the fact that she's a Foxworth, I'm like, it makes you a bit, um, a bit wary, I guess, of her, uh, you know, because you're like, okay. <laughs> I think what's so nice is she's, she's, I don't know, she's got something different about her. She's very, she's quite young, and I, I suppose slightly naive, uh, and I think that hopefully people will realize that she's quite an honest person. I think she wears a heart on her sleeve, and I think that, you know, she's, you know, as much as the age gap. Um, between Alicia and her husband is um, quite large. I, I think it's I think it's genuine. I think they genuinely feel at home together, which is what I guess makes you know the rest of the story so like heartbreaking. Um, because I believe she's she's a good person, and I think she's a good person. And this family do terrible things to her, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, she um she uh, I, she's resilient. She's re- in, in my opinion, I think everything she goes through she kind of she keeps fighting I felt like there was so much for the women and I like like and I know like we're in a time where like yes there's more movies being made but there's not that much so anything extra that can come out that's like female based is amazing Mm -hmm. and your two characters in particular are going through so many things but it's so nice to finally hear from the women and like we're more than one thing and both of your characters are more than one thing and in the first episode we're just learning about them and we're just you know learning some stuff about them and we're going to see them over a course of a period of time so for both of you for preparing for that 
you know, it's a big take to take on, right? Like when you're given finally a chance to show a multifaceted woman, like, like it's so outrageous, but like the way you guys play both of them, it there, I mean, the characters are amazing. You guys do such a good job. So how do you guys portray that? Because it comes off, I mean, beautifully in the first episode. Oh, that's really kind. Thank you. Thank you. And <laughs> um, I think just for me, it's studying, just studying what the text is and studying what it says because it never lies and the clues are all there and then and then studying and researching what is around me what's going on at the time environmentally and then building those layers with the intercharacter relationships and studying um you know what what Alicia means to me or what Olivia means to me or what I mean to them and um yeah, and that gives me, you know, quite a well-rounded idea of who I am. I totally agree with you. I think it's when you, yeah, you read the script and it's it's going to break it down mm. and just understanding it from there, really building it from there anyway. Yeah. Obviously, you guys are actresses, but that's where that skill comes in, right? Like, not everybody can read it off the page and it comes out that way. And you guys, that these women are all so multifaceted and so different and we're seeing so many different sides of them. It's amazing how well you guys did. So I want to ask you uh, my last, one of my last questions is basically for fans. What would you tell them why they should tune in, what they should be excited about? I would say, do you mind if I go? You go, you go. <laughs> I, I would say, I would start off by saying, um, look forward to seeing and understand, understanding more the demise of, of Olivia and how she became the person that everybody knows from the flowers um, that they know. And I think to look forward to understanding that character more and also having a, understand, a better understanding about the other characters in that house and what goes on. I think, yeah, because I'm not gonna say that the other ones are dated, but it's just, it, you know, this is a completely brand new, fresh, taken it with, you know, our whole cast. And it's, you know, however many years later since the last one's come out and I think, yeah, so I think um, that's quite exciting to look forward yeah. to as well. I mean, there's so many reasons. I think it's, um, yeah, it's filled with, it's filled with so much and hopefully, hopefully people enjoy it. I mean, I think everyone's going to love it. Tell everyone, throw everything out of your mind that you previously have read or seen and take this as a one piece so that you can learn about these characters because it's very different than anything that we've seen before. Thank, Thank you. you so Thanks, much. Monica. Well, if everyone can take from it how you've what you've taken from yeah. it, then I think we will be thrilled. We will be thrilled. Thank you for listening to Silence on Set podcast. My name is Monica Gleberman. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and stay tuned for more interviews to come. Oh.